Hello and welcome. My name is Duncan Rayburn and this is the Unorthodoxy Podcast. And in this episode, I want to talk about how I wrote a song. Lately, I've been digging a bit into my own thought processes. Um, I've already shared some of, of that stuff with you. And especially, I've been looking at my own creative process. So this stuff here isn't going to be necessarily overly theological, but creation, the creative act, is always it's always theological because it always echoes the voice that calls things into existence. It's the voice that says, let there be light. And as human beings, all creation is in some sense derivative. We don't create out of nothing, but we still have this innate need to create, to to bring things into order, and to rearrange things, to, to make something that is, uh, at least in some sense, new. So whether it's the act of taking a photograph, um, trying to just find the, the, the exact right way to frame something, or whether we're making a meal or creating order in a previously messy space, we are creating. So many of our core desires, such as our desires for relationship and connection, are really creative impulses because they're about bringing into existence. I spoke a little while ago about love as as what brings into existence. And of course, there is the alternative, which is the destructive impulse, I guess. Um, we have destructive desires too, desires to undo and bring down things that um, that exist. But those destructive impulses are not what I'm talking about here, because even though I'm talking about writing one song, I'm obviously talking about more than that. Well, I hope I am. Let's see how we go. Um, maybe some autobiographical detail may help to sketch the context of some of what I'm talking about. Um, when, when I was about six years old, I started p- piano lessons. My parents are both lovers of music, and so I grew up with with just being surrounded by music. My mom is a music teacher, and this amazing pianist, she can sight read like no one else I know, and it's just amazing to me because I think that's that's really tricky. And and my dad is this wonderful guitarist. Um, and so anyway, when I was about six, this opportunity came up for me to get started on the piano. And so I got into piano the usual way, which was by learning the basics. But I I remember feeling pretty quickly that as much as I loved music, I really wasn't enjoying piano lessons. Um, I felt it to be this really slow, boring process, and the music I had to play was pretty uninspiring. Uh, even as a little kid, I, I thought, good grief, you know, this stuff this stuff is boring. Um, so around a year and a half later, um, as I remember it, after probably spending an awful lot of time weighing up the pros and cons, um, while my mom was driving me back from one of the piano lessons, I took a deep breath and asked her if I could please stop those lessons. I just, I couldn't carry on. And my mom just simply asked if I was sure. And I said yes. And she said that that was fine. And so that was that. I quit piano lessons. Uh, my mom told me sometime later when I was in high school how hard this decision was for her because she knew that I was musical, but she trusted that I'd find my own way, and she knew that there was no use in forcing me to carry on. And if I wasn't deriving any joy from my piano piano lessons, what really was the point? My mom also knew that I did enjoy just sitting at the piano and figuring out things on my own. 
Now, already there's a bit of an analogy here with theology, because I think so many people get into sort of a, a kind of church context or a context of Christian thought, and it, it doesn't quite gel with them, but they just feel like they have to stick it out, and they, they stay there. And I think that can really make for a lot of misery. Um, and I think for this reason that that to develop our uh, our own theologies, we need space to to just figure things out on on our own. We need to be able to kind of be free, not not in the sense of like rejecting the system completely necessarily, although maybe that's part of it. But at least in the sense that we need um, space to explore and to expand our own ideas in our own way. Anyway, after quitting piano lessons. I kind of did throw out what little knowledge I had from what I'd learned. And, and then occasionally I would go and sit down at the piano at home. I think this actually was more often than occasional. Um, I, and I would just sit at the piano and I started to teach myself. And I figured out some basic stuff like um, a little bit like learning how to match colors. Um, and I could tell fairly quickly which notes worked together and which ones didn't. And this was all very slow and painful, and I'm sure uh, my family listening to me uh, figure this stuff out when I was a kid probably found it quite annoying. In fact, I know they did, because um, there were moments where I'd be called away to do some chore or some other thing <laughs> the minute I sat down, because it was just terrible. But uh, I think we all need space to learn, and thankfully my, my family did give me the space to learn. And what I did um, was that I, I actually watched other people, especially older kids, play piano. And just from watching how they put chords together, I figured out more and more. And soon, I figured out that what interested me most about music wasn't just repeating music that already existed. I had this this thing in me that I wanted to see what new stuff I could come up with. I think this impulse applies to a lot of theology. I feel that theology should also be a creative thing, um, not in the sense of always coming up with totally new and radic radically new uh, theological ideas, but in terms of putting the pieces together a little bit differently, um, creating new resonances and overtones and melodies. The music is, in a sense, always there. The notes are always there, but they need to be discovered and rediscovered and, and shoveled around. We have to find not just what's been working for everyone else, but also what what'll work for us. For some people, this has meant turning to uh, maybe a kind of radical progressivism, a little bit like saying, I reject all order and form and I want to go just into improv. And for others, it means turning to a deeper kind of orthodoxy, um, kind of trying to understand harmony and melody and the way it works. And, and for others, there's been a necessary step towards atheism, towards, in a sense, like rejecting the music uh, that you've been handed. Um, and for some, it's it's meant sort of exploring other other religious traditions, a little bit like like kind of stepping into a completely different cultural context and learning from their music. And I think, so this, this exploratory kind of creative process, I think, has a lot of um, resonance with, with um, theology and the way that we develop our own theologies. But um, this impulse to seek the new, uh, no matter how fundamentalists may denigrate it or perceive it as, as a really bad thing, this impulse is a really creative impulse. It, it all stems, um, if a very big generalization can be allowed here, from a desire to make faith relevant. Relevance is always going to be a, a shifting target. 
and maybe this has problems of its own, but it it's deeply connected, as I see it, to this desire to find something that echoes in and resonates with the deepest parts of ourselves. So one of the places I like to try out these different theological resonances is in words and music, because the minute you're in words and music, you're dealing with the symbolic and the poetic, and you're dealing with uh, the emotional. Uh, music is not supposed to just be something that, that speaks to your head, although I suppose you know, if you're listening to Schoenberg, you might you might find that that kind of only speaks to your head. But yeah, I, th I think it's really important to be able to play with theological ideas in the realm of songwriting. Well, at least for me. I mean, not everyone has to do this. So yeah, let's talk about songwriting. Um, I have written so many songs, probably more than I can count, um, or more than I care to count. And some of them are just really bad, and I would never play them to anyone uh, and maybe the one that I'm going to play to you later is not great either, and in which case I'm, I may be sort of like not aware of my own abilities, which is okay, I guess. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I actually had quite a strong discipline. I would I would sit down, usually before bedtime, and I would write some kind of lyric idea every single day. This is it's one of the things I did. And the next day or the day after, I would sit down at the piano or pick up a guitar, um, and see what melody could work with those words. Um, and often while while I was writing the words, I'd, I'd have one melody idea in mind. And and then I'd sit down to make a song out of those words. And I, I'd change the melody, sometimes just because I'd forget the previous melody. Or maybe I'd remember the melody and I'd need to just adjust it a little bit. But what is interesting is usually way back when I first started writing songs, lyrics came first. This was the most sort of commonplace thing. This is the thing that happened the most often. But what I've noticed, I've noticed this strange shift. Um, recently, as I've gotten older, and I, when I say recently, I'm talking about sort of the last three, three to four years, the music has come first. The music has come before the lyrics. So often I'll have this um, sort of, I'll just be sitting down at the piano and I'll have a melody idea and I'll take out my phone quickly and, and just record that melody idea because um, it turns out my tendency to forget melody ideas is still just as present now as it was when I first started writing songs. So I will record this melody idea and preserve it for later use because I'm going to forget the melody but there's something there that I might want to return to. And so, around January this year, I recorded this one melody, and this would then turn up into the song that I will play you a little later, although there'll be a bit of a variation to the melody, as you will hear. Maybe this shift from writing words first and the melody second to, to coming up with the melody first and then writing the words later or finding the words later also has a kind of theological significance. The deeper and richer my experiences have gotten as a human being, the more I've needed to look for words later that confirmed or described my experience. I know the dangers of this, of course, if, if we prioritize our own experiences or absolutize them, we might find ourselves grasping onto whatever just happens to make sense in the moment. And sometimes that thing that we grab onto is not going to be the best option. 
But theology, like any creative process, is a testing ground. Sometimes we have to try things on for size. Well, that melody that I came up with in January, which I just played to you, um, was something I actually ended up forgetting about. Um, and then I was kind of going through some of my recorded memos, and I found this melody, and it kind of gripped me again. I was like, I think there's something here I'd like to play with, and it, it was in a way begging for some lyrics. I also just happened to be pondering a few things that I felt kind of just worked together. They they could make for some interesting lyrics. I was looking at some f familiar theological themes, which you will hear. Um, life and death, uh, death and resurrection, the perplexing nature of the crucifixion, the fact that uh, the incarnation is inherently kind of like impossible to understand. And I was also looking at the nature of desire because I'm often kind of in the back of my mind playing with uh, Rene Girard's theories. And also I wanted to put the word phenomenology <laughs> into a into a song um, and make it sound poetic. So that, that was there as well. Um, and it kind of all came together. And I was also reading a lot of uh, Plato so there is this idea that I had that what what happens if Christ, uh, this mysterious historical and, and spiritual figure, is the thing, the thing, I, I mean, bad language, but whatever, um, like that pulls us out of the cave and is also somehow the light outside of the cave that blinds us. By the way, if you do not know the allegory of the cave from Plato, <laughs> um, firstly, where have you been? But also, um, you should check it out. It's, it's a profound metaphor. And so this is the sort of stuff that I... Um, I was playing with. And then I wrote some lyrics down. And because I have very little time these days, I decided to just, I got a gap and I put the lyrics to some the, some music. And obviously this was the kind of playing with the music that I'd heard before, but that sort of, I had to tweak it a little bit to fit the lyrics. And I kind of just liked what, what I was hearing. I mean, I mean for a lot of people who create stuff, they'll they'll also be able to explain this um, to you. the The experience is often kind of weird. You're creating something, but it often feels like you're channeling something, which I know sounds kind of odd, but that was my experience. I, I kind of I liked how it sounded, but you know I don't necessarily place a lot of emphasis on my ownership of what I'm writing. It's just something that that um, I happen to be coming up with. Um, and I, I initially just had this feeling, though, that the song that I was coming up with sounded a little complicated. Um, and because of the nature of the way that the music and the lyrics were working together, I, I felt like an, this was more of a meditation than, than a song. It was, this is certainly not a pop song. And so I, I felt that I needed to kind of sit with the music a bit, almost sit in it. And there was this one, just this chord progression at the beginning of the piece that I kind of wanted to keep. I've written more complicated stuff than this before, and so maybe this doesn't sound impressive. In any case, I don't think that's the point of music. It doesn't have to sound impressive. But this, this feeling I got from this chord progression just felt a little different and I, I liked it and I, I sat down at the piano and I just played that chord progression again and again and it's weird how in my head it, it just doesn't, didn't sound monotonous and maybe that's how you'll experience it maybe you'll think this is a bit 
monotonous, but I felt like this this kind of calm space was developing in, in these sounds, and I got this idea that maybe the variation in the piece should have more to do with the ratios between different instruments and volume levels than to do with kind of big melody cha changes. The result, I realized, would be not pop music. Um, it may even be a little hymn-like and a little old-fashioned in some ways. So sometimes the creative process really is a process of stripping things away. Sometimes creation, like theology, is about finding some kind of essence. And that essence is maybe something like love or compassion or beauty or forgiveness or some gentle connection between those two. There is no song I've written that has involved exactly the same process because the song itself is the process. So yes, you will find formulas out there, write lyrics, choose a structure, figure out a riff, a hook, think of how the lyrics could fit with a different melody option. Um, and in the pop music world, there's a lot of stuff that's really catchy and really well produced, but kind of meaningless. And and the stuff they produce is certainly way better than, than what I produce on, on my own uh, terms or in, in my own song experiments. But I'm reminded every time that I create a song that there is a kind of life to be found in creating anything. Uh, for you, maybe writing songs is just not your thing, which is totally fine. I mean, we're all built differently. So maybe you like gardening or playing with Legos with your kid or writing poetry. And there's this thing that Kurt Vonnegut says that I just love because it resonates with this creative impulse that I think all of us have in different ways. He says, practicing an art, which I would say is kind of creating something, practicing an art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow, for heaven's sake. Sing in the shower, dance to the radio, tell stories, write a poem to a friend, even a lousy poem. Do it as well as you possibly can. You will get an enormous reward. You will have created something. So I created something. Uh, I'm not sure if it's very good or even that it's the best thing I've created, but I thought I would risk sharing it with you just in case maybe it's, it's something that will resonate with you too. Because while I was writing the song, it kind of shifted my head into into a different gear, and it's a different gear that I liked. It it did feel in the process of creating this kind of meditative song that my soul was growing. Uh, so the song is called Cave, and this is uh, what I will leave you with. Homelessness that we call home. 
Witnesses itself. 